Today's episode of The Beat is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla, for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing or ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to thebeat.robinhood.com. That's thebeat.robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not an investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. to another edition of The Beat. I'm Brendan Quinn, here with Nick Baumgartner of The Athletic. Our guest today, we are live in East Lansing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Might be our most controversial guest. I think we're live in Frandor. <laughs> and yeah. we're live somewhere. We're half dead here in the <laughs> frozen tundra <laughs> of a used-to-be farm that apparently they put a Homewood Suites and a yeah, Hyatt yeah, place yeah, up yeah. and a Walmart. <laughs> Those are the dulcet tones of Dan Dockey. Yeah. Yes, sir. You have a guest uh, already. That's right. Yeah. Um, do you feel the love the minute you show up in town? Oh, it's unbelievable. It's, it's warm. <laughs> it can be 20 degrees below zero outside, but it's it's warm whenever mm-hmm. I step in. Actually, yesterday I stopped on my way. I had to go get some cold medicine, and I went to the, I think it's an Irish pub, Cladal, Cladal. It's a it's a place. Well, I'm assuming the word would be Clada. Clada, okay. So Clada, you know that the hands holding a heart? Like I knew you would know. You've probably been there, I right? You, I've never been to that bar. Okay. But you know like the heart with the hands on it? And you <laughs> yeah. See it, yeah. Rings and stuff? yeah. It's called a Clada. Well, it's a Clada pub then. Well, there you go. There so you I go. know where I'm going after this. It's yeah. right there. <laughs> so I stopped in to have a, a Jameson. I just wanted to get rid of this cold. <laughs> And, and the do. girl there was really nice to me. The bartender was really nice to me. And then I could tell it changed. <laughs> like, I asked her to turn on, you know, hey, can you turn on, it was Indiana Northwestern. Sure. <clears throat> she was great. And then it was, like, I don't know what happened. I didn't do anything. I just sat there by myself talking to my wife. I, I'll say it's because she was disappointed that I had a wife. <laughs> but I don't think that was it. It's like, she got this... Thing that Michigan State people get over when I'm around. It's like yeah, this right. mask of hate. And she was nice enough, but yeah, I feel it. It's love. Is this the top of the list of yeah, places? I, you, I mean, you have some contentious relationships in other places. No, today. this is by far. I mean, when you got twelve or well, I was Breslin Hall, fifteen thousand. Fifteen. When you got fifteen thousand chanting, we hate dockets. <laughs> that about does it. I mean, I don't think we're getting. It's no more glorious than that. Purdue chanted the next game. We hate, we love Dockage. So oh, I, I just figured uh, it is what it is. But it was weird. It was very weird um, being in Syracuse last Saturday, I think it was, 
because nobody really knows me, and those that do really like my wife. She was a softball sure. coach there. Sure. So oh, they, sure, yeah. She got chanted MILF at her by the student section. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> not this time, but when yeah. she was coaching there. So it was weird not having anybody MF me or from well, the stands. It was nice. It was it's fun. A peaceful day. It was a peaceful yeah. well, We appreciate you coming on because yeah, you, yeah. you, you do ESPN TV. You've got your radio show in Indianapolis. Yeah. you got your podcast with Seth mm-hmm. Greenberg. Um, Busy days. You talk a lot. So I, yeah. I, yeah, I got I have a cold. to ask you to talk on my podcast. I'm glad you did because, you know, the, 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 I got this cold and it's only it only comes on like at 10 o'clock at night. I stopped to have a whiskey because my father told me a long time ago, mm-hmm. hey, have a whiskey and it'll knock the cold out. So I'm like, all right, I'll have a whiskey and knock the cold out. <laughs> and, if, and if it doesn't, at least you had a whiskey. So. Yeah. yeah. I was able to sleep. Yeah. Is that. Um, so let's get into, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, you up front and uh, some other things and on the back end, we'll get into hoops because I'm sure you had to watch all the film from yeah, Michigan, Michigan State, so a lot to talk about there. But uh, you, uh, w- when you get into spats, right? Yeah. Um, and people, you often like to talk about media and you know, yeah. who is media, who isn't media, right. are you media, are you not media? Right. Like, what is your definition? Because you're we're two writers, and I'm just yeah. curious yeah. about this. You're, oh, you know how you know. Maybe I grew up in it. You grew up. I, I, you, you know when you know you can get under someone's skin with something, so you keep doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, uh, <laughs> you know, there was a guy. I think he worked for Newsday. I don't even know his name anymore. But it was that's how it started. I could tell he was just a pain in the ass to me all the time. Everything I said on Twitter was met with some kind of nonsense. Uh-huh. And I, I'm like, all right, how can I? How can I get under this guy's skin? And it ended up being by saying I wasn't media, I was an entertainer. Oh, there you go. Right? Yeah. And, and it just drove him nuts. Well, what's, this, what's, the, what's the badge you wear when you go to a game, say? It says TV. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, you just kind of, there are certain people, like right now in Indiana, um, there's a certain faction where I, if I call, if I use the term shoe guy, now, shoe guy I've always used. Sure. I've yeah. always used the term going back to, to Luke Recker, who played at Indiana. Mm-hmm. He was the first guy that we ever recruited that had representative from Nike involved in the recruiting. <laughs> and I remember telling Jesus. Coach Knight, man, I don't care if this kid's from Indiana. I don't care if this kid looks, you know, a part of a Hollywood movie star from Indiana. This kid never going to play for Indiana. He wants to play for Adidas. Yeah. He's more tied into Nike. So I've always used that term, and Romeo Langford was really that guy last year but it just drives certain people in southern indiana bat blank crazy when i use the term <laughs> so even though last night they won i just said for the hell of it you know indiana would have lost that game last year if they still had shoe guy playing because <laughs> sometimes you got to entertain yourself mm. i mean i mean brian got into it in the profile that he wrote on you last year on the athletic yeah brian hamilton has kind of talked about well i will tell you this about the media and this is this is true like everything that i've been involved even the Izzo thing a few years yeah. ago people don't get it right it's people didn't get it right like when i left west virginia people didn't get it right when coach knife got uh, fired people didn't get it right and so i've always been suspicious i mean you guys are writers but i've always yeah. taken but i think but i've always been like growing up, I read the newspaper. I delivered the newspaper. Mm-hmm. I started delivering the newspaper, so I knew the newspaper would get there at three o'clock because it drove me bat blank crazy that the Gary Post Tribune. You can like, say bat shit. I know, but <laughs> yeah. I, I just saw Jerry Marone got suspended for something he said on a podcast. Oh, about, geez, um, okay. you know, 
But I, I, I'm a new. I, my idols were guys: El Hamnick, John Mudka, Marty Shabazz, who wrote for the for the Gary Post Tribune. So I always pay attention to it. I've always been a news freak. Read the cover. I mean, cover to cover the Chicago Tribune, mm-hmm. and the uh, Chicago Sun Times, and the Gary Post Tribune every Sunday. I couldn't wait to. So I've always admired writers. But when I was the subject of them, they always got it wrong. And so that's kind of my. There is a bit of a. A. Behind all jacking with people, there is like, get it right. Because I used to fall asleep every night to the news, like mm-hmm. when I was divorced. But now the climate nationally is such that you watch Fox, yeah. they slant it this way, you watch MSNBC, it's like, just tell me the freaking truth. I think we can sure. all handle it. One of my biggest pet peeves, now we were talking about this on the drive up, <clears throat> Nick and I, like, is just the lumping together of like the idea of just like media. No as if, question. As if everyone's meeting in a Hyatt place. And right. Like, okay, we have conventions. Gonna, right. This is going to be the agenda today. Yeah. Right. And blah, blah, blah. And it's like, like, you can go to a press conference today and there are 15 different shapes, sizes, yeah. kinds, yeah. And reporters, and people, and blah, blah, See, blah. See, you guys, you guys, I, I don't know your backgrounds, but I'm thinking both of you came up through journalist backgrounds. We're both old yeah, so we, we came in like right around the end of the time where you could go work at a small yeah. place, screw up, figure out what you're doing, and then eventually you find your way into See, a role that, like this. That's much different. And that's you know, not the case anymore. You know, Indiana University has 26 independent bloggers that they have to give. Yeah, like that wasn't a thing that's when in, we were in college. And those yeah. guys are stone yeah. idiots for the most part. Well. <laughs> they are for the most part. I mean, some, the some, ones at Indiana. You know, they, not all, but some. But you're defending the media, which is good. <laughs> but, I mean, the ones that... Yeah, you're right, there are some, because there are some really good. Jeff Rab Johns is great in Indiana. Yeah, you're right. Um, but that that just... It just always... Like, I remember right, driving back from West Virginia when I left, reading the account of how and why I left West Virginia. And I'm like, that's not true. That's not what yeah. happened. Mm-hmm. And then I remember... Like, a couple things, even before that with Coach Knight, when we're, like, I, I was there, and that's not what <laughs> yeah, happened. Right, right, what the right. hell is that? Right. So it, it more than angered me, it disappointed me, because, as I said, I literally grew up reading, mm-hmm. couldn't wait to read Mike Royko in the Chicago. Mm-hmm. Now, what 10-year-old wants to read Mike Royko in the frickin' Chicago sometimes <laughs> or whatever the hell he was in? But I did. I, I did. I, and that's why, you know, I mean, announcers, too, it's the same thing with me and announcers. Like, people say, well, one of my guys in Boston at ESPN said, why do you, why do you like come back at people after games? Mm-hmm. And my answer is, I would have killed for Al McGuire, Dick Enberg, Billy Packer <laughs> to interact with me. I would have killed, yeah. you know. And so that's that's why I do it. I don't do it to be mean with anybody. I do it to give an honest answer back. But I also do it because it's been so cool for me. I would have never. And I swear to God, I told my kids, if you ever rip somebody publicly I'm, I'm not paying for your college because you're too stupid to go to college <laughs> but i wouldn't have ripped anybody but it would have been cool to get a tweet from dick enberg mm-hmm. yeah not that i'm on that level but i'm just saying if somebody's going to watch a game interact sure. and then i thought i think it'd been cool so that's why i do it because well, i'm more of a fan than i am a broadcaster mm-hmm. I mean, one of my favorite uh, anecdotes from brian's story was when he it seemed like you and he were talking about why this is your instinct. That's not only you respond to people. It's you're you're, you're gonna you're gonna come at yeah, them. Right? Yeah. There's gonna be some heat. not as much anymore. I've stopped over the last year and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you told the story about eighth grade. I got punched in the face. It stays with me. I want I, literally. I was gonna kill myself. I felt so bullied. I mean, I, I really am sensitive to kids being bullied because mm. of that. I just stand in line. A kid, Daryl, was a friend of my first grade, eighth grade, and we, he was a guard on the basketball. He was a really tough guy. He was a tough, kind of crazy guy. 
all of a sudden in line, we're getting in line to go back in, and man, he drills me in the face, and I didn't hit him back. And I, and I didn't, the, it's like he hits me, the bell goes off, and I didn't punch him back. And I'm thinking, everybody's thinking I'm a coward, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody. And I guess I could have punched him the next day. But he <laughs> a little gave, late. Yeah, he <laughs> gave me like this, a pie, hey, I'm sorry, or something like yeah. that. But I still felt like, and I remember mowing grass, and there was this, my parents, and my, we didn't have, a, you know, electric weeder on the side of the house you know my mom had a stick and these hands if you there was a stick i'm like man i wish i could just take that and stick it right in my heart i mean i did i was gonna i really thought about killing myself and and because i felt so ashamed on it and then i went to summer camp with one of my best friends and the word pussy came up and my buddy says man why were you such a pussy with daryl and it killed me mm. it killed me so i've I'm, I'm decided I'm, i don't I may feel bad by going over the top. The and then I, be, I was I was three and zero in fist fights at, at IU, three and zero and one and zero in high school. And a guy in the middle of class called me a pussy. And I stood up. He came at me, big old dude, and I dropped him. And I remember thinking, I'm gonna get suspended from the basketball team, but I don't give a shit. I, I feel better getting suspended than I would have if I would have felt the way I felt in eighth grade. Mm. Stupid, right? You just let that go. But but what happens in your childhood sometimes defines you. Has your stance on media and stuff like changed since you've been in it, or has it gotten even more? Like, I re- here's you know the I mean? deal: I really like the guys in the media. Yeah. Like personally, my stance has changed because I can't watch, and this upsets me. I can't watch the national news, the sure, local sure. stuff. I yeah. don't, you know, okay. I love reading. Like if like, I'm going to read all the clips that guys sent <laughs> me for gangs, but it, it it upsets me that I can't turn the television on and trust what I'm reading from or what I'm seeing. Right. So it's not necessarily more national; it's more local network kind of stuff that. That, that I just I hate mm-hmm. I don't like it because I like I like the news like yeah. I like I like knowing and, and getting different perspectives but the perspective now is so slanted each way you're just like shit yeah why bother so I can walk around dumb I bump into walls and now you're in sports where <laughs> everything is slanted uh, and everything, everything is, is and everybody and wants everything it to be a certain way yeah the only pure down. thing is the game really right yeah. right I mean, the game's done. If you write, well, if you write after, you can't lie about it. Like if if you're a Michigan fan and you write after the Michigan Michigan State game, damn, Xavier Simpson really outplayed Cassius Winston. Hard to square that, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I'm no idiot, but I can't see, and I want, you know. So you know, the the game, and and that's why, like, I really like doing games more than anything else because it's just right there in front of you. Yeah, right. You know, there's no. There's no opinion, I guess. No, it is what it is. Like, it, stuff happened. You win, you lose. Right. Yeah, right. There's no... I guess you can make an opinion on what a coach should do and that kind of stuff, but in terms of the game itself, man, it's... Right. And that's where it comes into, like, where you see... I've always... I've been saying this in my mind the last couple of weeks. Like, if anybody gets on Twitter and tw- starts tweeting, like, more than twice or maybe even once about a call during a game, like, you should just not be able to use it for the rest of the game. Like, I mean, like, bad calls happen or whatever, right? But like, right. when we turn this thing into, like, every game... My team lost because we ran out of time oh, right, or right. because we got screwed. There are or two things that like, I know on. are going to happen after a game with me personally. Yeah. Number one, the team that loses is going to blame me. And I'm the worst <laughs> announcer in the world. And yeah, I had to right. sit through losing and then dockage. And, yeah, you know? and at some both. point, that yeah, same right. fan base is going to have angst towards the officials. Yes, It's yes. automatic. Yes. Between you and the officials, the whole game sucked. I, I, said, I couldn't do it. You know, yeah, between you and the off. officials, I turned it off. I muted it, and I should have drank six beers and yeah. hit myself over the head with a hammer. Yeah. Like I know that's coming from yeah. a losing team. It's yeah. just you know, or or like tonight, 
<laughs> let's just say Michigan State wins or whatever. And I, hell, people think I don't like Cassius Winston. Shit, I love Cassius Winston. And last year, I picked him as a player of the year before the freaking league. I just said, hey, right. look, Xavier Simpson and Cassius Winston might be in the same conversation. But if, if, if I praise Cassius Winston, he plays well, and Michigan State wins, here's what I'm going to hear. Oh, man, Dockage was a lot better tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I could really, I could take it. Israel must have got to him. Oh, He's man, really calmed yeah, down. Yeah, Israel got to him. <laughs> yeah. For the record, I'm pretty sure it's impossible to not like Cassius Winston. That's true. Uh, right. I mean, if you don't like him, then that's on you. That is right? on you. 100%. I mean, he could go 0 for 16, but if you don't like him, you're, you're the idiot, not him. You also, Dan, had like one of the more interesting coaching careers, and I'm sure a lot of it's been discussed, but like, you just talked about the West Virginia League, yeah. West Virginia, in that situation, and I know that's all been sort of plowed through. But when you go back to Bowling Green, what's that like? Because I mean, I don't know if that gets talked about a lot. You left the place that you had success at, yeah. You know, for a place that was perceived to be, you know, probably a better job. Oh, but when then I you went come, back, when you come back, and that's um, that's kind of a difference. Yeah, kind of a weird era. Yeah. I was surprised. Like I, I, I was, you know, we had just won twenty four games and. Um, Players were mad, right? Yeah, like I would think. I would coach, think maybe, when you yeah. recruited us, you said you were only leave for like Indiana, Notre Dame, Big Ten, and they were right. Mm-hmm. But that got to the point where I had to tell a couple of them, "Look, it's none of your damn business." Mm-hmm. I mean, you get you listen, and you, but then you get to a point where like, hold on here, you got a mm-hmm. choice to make. Like I did come back, either yeah, like it or leave. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and that was that was harder than I thought. Oh, yeah, back. I think so. That, that was. I, I didn't. I didn't. I remember driving back. Uh, assistant Artie Papella is really, really good, and he's like, "Coach, how are you going to handle coming back with the players?" I go, no problem. Right. Good. You know, these guys all play. But the guys, they'll be happy to see me. Yeah, they were <laughs> right. not. They, no, I wouldn't <laughs> oh so. man, when I left, yeah, true, true I, story. I, like this yeah. is in the early. You know, when I left, like we had a like thing. And this sounds so stupid now, but back then, like no, hey, no. You could bring, come in with a tattoo, that's fine. Nobody really had tattoos, but they were starting to kind of go, look, I don't want you getting tattoos because uh, you got you all tell me you don't have any money. So, you know. And, man, when I when I left for a week and I came back, <laughs> dudes had tattoos. Dudes, like one guy <laughs> one guy literally ran down the court. He had one on his left arm. He, I would always be on, let's say, the right. He ran down the court the entire practice hiding his tattoos. <laughs> I didn't see a big cross. And I laughed because it wasn't that serious. But, man, they... Workouts had music in them. Not oh, yeah, right. But, oh, yeah, yeah. man, workouts had music. It was like 10 minutes I was gone. They're like, oh, good. Yeah. Now we can do this. <laughs> do whatever too. we want now. But it was – it was it, the fans were great. Yeah. Because Bowling Green's a small town. And we, my wife and I are really ingrained in the community and all that kind of stuff. But they were great. But that was tough with the players. They wanted to know why. And, and I had a kid that really shocked me, a kid named Corey Ryan, shocked me by how great he was. I thought – his dad always kind of complained, and he was he was a decent player, but he played with some maybe the best Bowling Green team since the '60s. And mm-hmm. but man, when I left and came back, he defended the hell out of me, and I thought, really? yeah, and that helped a little bit, it helped a lot, really. But that wasn't easy. That was you're the only guys ever asked that. That's that was not easy. Because yeah, it's got to be like awkward. Because it's like you, you like you said, you're like you're honest with them. You told them like if. Indiana comes up, guys. I'm probably yeah, going. That's, you know, that's Notre Dame. I'm probably going. Ex-girlfriend on a, on a lonely yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. Night. yeah. But then, <laughs> you know what? When I left to go there, the one thing that I, when I left to go there, so many coaches screw up leaving. I said, look, I'm getting on this plane to go to West Virginia. Yeah. If if I'm going to take the job, I'm going to take it then. So I'm not going to be able to come back and tell you all. Mm-hmm. And they they later so you were they, really open about it. I was open the whole yeah, time right. about it. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't have. Been, 
And then, so I come back, and they were, and then Bruce, I think it was Bruce Feldman, who was a writer, wrote this article about Beeline. Like, when I left the kids at West Virginia, like, I, the place was a train wreck. But mm-hmm. anyway, I'm not going to go into everything that was a train wreck. But one of the train wrecks was, if you had practice at 3, kids showed up 3.15, 3.20. Yeah. Or you had to work out. So I said, all right, here's Jesus. what we're going to do. We're going to work out at 6 in the morning. And the weight coach, and we crushed the kill. I mean, we, I want to see you wanted to be there. It was a couple kids came in late the second day, kicked them out. This kid, Hargit, that's okay. So, but by the time I left, these guys were there on time. These guys mm-hmm. were busting. It, it, in a week, we got it because they wanted to be coached. Right, they wanted. Yeah. Well, so. I go through all this stuff with the, <clears throat> this is where I have real distrust of the media. I swear to God, Brandon, it, this is where a lot of it came from in my coaching. So we have this deal where they're at 6 in the morning. It's over, and I go through all this stuff with the administration. My wife and I make the decision we're going to leave. So we're like, well, what do we do now? I've given back my car. I've given back the phone. given back everything. It's all on the desk. I said, you know what? I'm staying here. We got, we got this cheap-ass hotel. I'm staying here. I'm going up at 6 in the morning. And I'm going to tell these kids personally that I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to read about it. These guys busted their ass in this week for me in the morning. So I get up. Artie and I go in. I gather. Hey, guys, they're already working. I get there at 6.10 just to see what the hell. They're all there, man. They're going hard. I bring them in. I go, guys, I'm not your coach anymore. And they're like, shit, one kid says, shut <laughs> up. goes, we've learned. The guy says, we've learned. You're always fucking with it. Yeah. I go, no, you can read about it. I don't want you to read about it, but you're going to have a new coach. I'm really sorry. It has nothing to do with you. And I went through this whole thing. What about when Beeline, they hired Beeline. And this guy, I think it's Bruce Feldman for ESPN, the magazine, writes this article where he's really critical of me spending the night and telling the kids the next day. And Dockage even had the audacity to, like, what the fuck are you talking about? I mean, that's like the man thing to do. What do I want to do? Read it in a, in, in, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wanted to face those kids face to face. So that really pissed me off and soured me on you fucking kids. <laughs> 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 but, it, but driving back, I, it's interesting you said it, Nick. I, yeah. I didn't even think about it. These kids love me. Right, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, you're probably like in a weird headspace, though, you know, because it, it just happened. Yeah, you know? it, mean, was, week, it was you know? an odd deal. And, and, uh, but, it, you know, for me personally, again, I go back to the Daryl Collins thing. There's a certain way I want to live, and I've never lost a minute of sleep over. Mm-hmm. What do you get? What's your uh, advice to guys who are leaving jobs? <sighs> for me personally, it's just tell players. Like, I've always said this, man. People. Say, oh, these are just kids. Oh, they're not. They're smart guys, yeah. man. They can handle it. Mm-hmm. They can handle it, and truthfully, you know, going through some stuff, I've always believed kind of, you know, I've been divorced, lost Indiana job. It's kind of made me a better person and a stronger person. So I would say just be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you don't need to tell your life story. You don't need to go through all the details. But, like, if you're going to be, if you're going on a plane to go see UCLA, then tell the players, look, I'm getting on this plane. Or if you're mm-hmm. going to meet, if to you meet proactive. with some, yeah, I yeah. think so. I, I, I think ultimately the kids that were there respected that I told them. But I do think that that if you lie to them or if you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think it's interesting. You said you told all the guys, I'm going on this plane to go to West Virginia. And if, and if I get it, I'm, go, I'm staying. I'm taking it. And, yeah. like, I can't. I don't know if I've ever heard, I've never heard that, that story from any coach leaving anywhere where they say, 
you know, ex coaches going from this job to that job, and they get the team together and say, "Look, I'm going to go talk well, to these I guys. Said, if I get the offer, yeah. I'm going to be their coach." Tomorrow. Yeah, and, well, you I know? talked to West Virginia earlier, and yeah. they said, "Hey, we want to bring you over to campus and see it." And I said, "Look, I'm not. I mean, and I was only at Bowling Green. Looking back, it wasn't like I was, you know, at Indiana working for some, you know, bigger job." Yeah. I said, "Look, if I get on this plane, um, it's either going to be yes or no. I'm mm-hmm. not, not going to fuck around here." Mm-hmm. And so I. Call the team in. I said, "This is what I'm going to do," and, and and I don't want you reading it in the newspaper. Yeah, I right. don't want you seeing it on ESPN that somebody took a job, and you should be the first ones to know because I was hard on players. I mean, I did a lot of a lot of crazy stuff for players, but we also did a lot of great stuff for kids personally in their personal lives with a variety of different issues that come up with kids, and and I really cared about that part of it, and, and I didn't I just didn't want anybody reading it. Mm-hmm. And I told the administration, I told my AD that, I told everybody, go look. I'm either coming back as a Bowling Green coach or I'm spending yeah. the night and we're going to have a press conference tomorrow as a West Virginia right. coach. It's one of the two I mean, I'm not fucking with this. Yeah, that doesn't <laughs> happen often. I'm sure, I'm sure there's a number of our listeners who are yeah. thinking back right now to the past summer because... Oh, yeah, when, that, when John mean, left. When, when John yeah. left oh, from Michigan, John, you know, those those guys all found out from, from Twitter. Twitter, yeah. They did. Nobody knew. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't going to do that. I mean, I understand I that's that. Like, like, that's like the... That's more of the norm I, I than what Dan said. I would think so. I know this. I, I know this. I, I know that that no matter what I did or how I was with players, I was never going to hit them because I always figured they'd beat my ass. <laughs> like guys are like, man, did a player, I, a player yeah, ever? That's a great point. You know, player ever, I go, you understand these guys are eighteen to twenty-two years old and lift weights every freaking day. Every day. And yeah. I think I, coaches really think they're tough. Yeah. Like, like, take Izzo and Aaron Izzo, Henry, right? Izzo. Izzo's yelling at Aaron Henry. Aaron Henry said, look, Munch, I mean, I'm going to kick the shit out of you right here in Aaron, front of Aaron. Aaron could put right. him in a trash can. I always felt that way about me. I always felt like, yeah, I think I'm tough, right? Yeah, right. And I'm like, you guys are buddy. You know, yeah, buddy. Right. Hey, coach, man, let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And you can see sometimes there's a way that a player can kind of look at a coach where it's just like, well, yeah, you're, you're about to cross the line. <laughs> yeah. People always say you got to know who to yell at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No doubt. That's that's no very, doubt. Like Coach Knight got me one time. It's in season on the brink, and it goes back to Daryl Collins. He hit me in the face with a ball, and then I turned, he spun me around. And I had my fist cocked because I was going to I was going to drill him, mm. and he actually I saw he backed up. Kick, you know, and then he called me out there. He goes, "Hey, Dan, were you going to hit me?" I go, "Coach, I was going to beat the fuck out." Of you. <laughs> I go, Coach, one thing I could do is fight. I know how. To, I mean, I weighed 190, but I know I know how to do that. Yeah. Uh, he goes, "I knew you were. I knew. Now you go in and tell Whitman and Ketchell their pussies." And I okay, Coach. You know, all right. But you got to be careful. With it. I mean, these, it's going to happen to some coach during the game. Some coach going to get hit. I've said it for years, but I never. And I, then the second thing was, I always felt like, man, I ask these dudes to do a lot. I need to be straight with them, and and uh, I don't know why coaches wouldn't be like you know. But sometimes situations aren't that cut and dried. So you know, like John's case, I don't know what you know. Sure. What John had to say or didn't right. have to say. Right. But I know this: Aaron on the side of telling your players that you know, being honest with them has never never hurt me. Mm-hmm. Speaking of coaches, you uh, were at Bowling Green with Urban. Like, yeah. When Urban was, that was his first head job. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Couldn't have been more than 30-ish. I was 34 when I got the job. He so got there. I was probably like, 37. He's probably 36. Yeah. So, like, same. Could you see then? I you mean, know, you're probably going to tell me that you could first for sure. T- no, right? I'll tell you this. Yeah. First, first workout I ever went to, I'm like, all right, 
we, we sat on my back porch. He came over. He literally yeah. lived. We connected. And the first time Next door, yeah. I met him, we always had a baseball game in my backyard with the kids. Mm-hmm. And his house had the bigger yard and it connected to ours. So no one was living there. So, I, you know, so it was me and my daughter against my son and two of the neighbor kids. And one of them was playing left field, which was Urban's yard. And I hit a bomb. <laughs> and it hits Urban and his wife are looking at the house. Yeah. I, I hit a bomb off the roof, comes down and hits. Like it's like me and you yeah. or his wife hits right between. Them. I go buy the goddamn house so we can all play. Let's go. He bought the house and, just, and we had a blast. Yeah, yeah. He was great, man. I saw. So I went to the first workout yeah. and they had a wide receiver named Gerling. He was really a good player and he comes running over to me. He goes, Coach, this is the greatest ever. And I watched the organization of it, um, and it was incredible. Yeah, and yeah, then, detail, yeah. Yeah, it was not like hard. He brought in a weight guy, and everybody was going, and the kids loved it. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember telling uh, the athletic director, Paul Krabs, I go, man, this is unbelievable. Well, hey, that's on, yeah. yeah. That's live. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll see you over there. <laughs> so then um, I went to practice, and I remember – I remember thinking, this is the best coach I've ever seen for, really? for modern-day kids. Really? Yeah. Mm. Like, I don't know about for back-in-the-day yeah. kids, but yeah, for yeah. My, I mean, he was unbelievable. And I'll never forget, uh, I don't, it was like after his first year or something, the Indiana job came open. I, I forget the timing on it. And he, we were talking, and uh, he said, you know anybody there? I go, yeah, I know Vice President Terry Claypax. So I call up Terry Claypax. I said, Terry, I got the best coach I've ever seen, mm-hmm. including Coach Knight, including whoever, wow, doc, yeah. I, best I've ever seen. And he wants to talk to you guys about your football job. And Indiana Indiana administrators always kind of patted me on the head like I was Knight's little Danny. <laughs> yeah, right? Right. It's like, it's like well, well, hey, Danny, that's great, but we already got that's our great. guy. Yeah, we right. already got our guy, and that's great. You keep us posted oh, on how he's Lord. doing. Myers, <laughs> Jerry DiNardo. Yeah, oh. he lasted like two years, oh. and Clay Pax is a good guy and all that. And every time I see him when I do an Indiana game, he goes, "Will you stop telling that story?" Honest <laughs> to God, because you know people. But you know, we were talking off air that I like to get my digs in, and that's one of my digs at Indiana. Like, hey, I don't know, maybe he would have stayed there first. Yeah. But I know this: wherever Urban went, the place was left pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was every job. Whether you, you like him or don't yeah, like him, yeah. whatever you do, but but some guys just have it. That's yeah, true. They yeah. patted me on the head. He goes, he goes. You can't even get him to talk to me. I go, Urban, keep talking. <laughs> well, what the hell? You know, I go, keep talking. I go, you know who you're not better than? <laughs> who? Jerry Denard. That's <laughs> <laughs> bullshit. <you know? laughs> so, history would have been a little different. History would have been a little different. <laughs> but you, it's interesting though that you can tell even back then. You know, a guy, 36, first job. You know, I, I'm it's one of those things him. you just have it. You know. Uh, Dude, he's the first guy I told about leaving West Virginia. He calls me up. He yeah. goes, "Hey man, how's everything going?" I go, "You got a minute?" <laughs> he goes, "Yeah." I said, "Close your door. Close your door." He's, I knew where he was. He was in the office of Bowling Green. I said, "Close my door." I go, hey man, you're not gonna believe all this shit going on here. He goes, "What are you gonna do?" He goes, "I think I'm gonna get out of here." He goes, "What?" <laughs> he goes, "What are they paying you?" I go, "Paying me way more than I'm making a Bowling Green." But anyway, he was the first guy. Mm. And then that night when I went back, we had a little press conference and went over his house and. And hung out. Yeah. 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 Oh, Take a quick break here. here yep. Yeah. Right. And then All we'll right. come back in there. Subscriber side. portion of the show coming up. Uh, if you are not subscribed to The Athletic, get off your ass and <laughs> yeah. make things happen so you can listen to that. Because the back half of this, we're going to actually talk some basketball. Yes. Um, much to discuss here. 
Ah, 